Anthony Edwards, pretty solid performance. Took in my first Timberwolves game. Um, overall, pretty awesome experience. I was pleasantly surprised. Anthony Edwards, we'll get to some thoughts there. Looked good. You know who looked great? LaMelo Ball. Um, but let's start with the T-Wolves. Looked good. Very good. Excellent. I mean, they blew out the Rockets as it was like six. You know, we're going into this game. I'm thinking six and a half. What What is going on here? And the Timberwolves uh, took over from the opening tip. Cat um, looked great. Uh, you know, I hate when he takes the he took a, a couple of bad pull up threes from the top of the key, like in transition. That's not doing anyone any favors, but he overall was very efficient. Anthony Edwards' three-point shot really impressed me. Um, step backs, creating space, confidence with his shot. Um, he looked really good. So is it just the Rockets or are the Timberwolves going to turn a corner? That I think the jury is still out on. But I will tip my cap to a very impressive performance to Anthony Edwards. Now, uh, Jalen Green, rookie Number two overall pick, was he, you know, perhaps taken too high? Evan Mobley looked good. Jalen Suggs did not, but it's early. Uh, Green looked bad. He looked bad on defense but uh, and could, couldn't shoot the ball well. But good Lord, Kevin Porter Jr. is probably one of the worst basketball players I've ever seen. Every time this dude touched the ball, you were expecting imminent turnover. He had nine of them, personally. And the game was just, you know, I was on the Rockets. I wasn't really rooting for either side. I was just there to enjoy a good game and then take in the Target Center, um, which was awesome. The Target Center was clean. It's refurbished the last couple of years. Uh, they've got great, lots of different bars, an absolute bar. Uh, Treasure Island has their own bar off the side. Um, the food was excellent. You know, you got pizza, some tenders, the fries. Um, bravo, Glenn Taylor. At least you, you haven't given them a franchise, but you've given them a uh, you know, a pretty solid place to watch the shit you put on uh, on the court. Uh, the amenities were fantastic. And we got we actually got screwed by StubHub. It's a funny story. They uh, maybe I'll talk about it on winging it more, but we get screwed on StubHub. And we ended up like some guy who's helping us there gave us free tickets up, you know, up in the upper level. And we were going to be up there anyway. But we're just walking around, you know, my first time at the Target Center. And all of a sudden we get to the end, right, right behind the basket it's where the pregame show is kind of set up and there's just standing like they're standing kind of tables right great view those tick those seat the, the standing areas for anyone so shit me and my buddy just posted up there and watched the entire game with the best view um you know the if you don't want to stand the entire time that's fine but my going to a t-wolves games from now on buy the shittiest tickets and just get there early and stand there fantastic seats got to see the entire game um, from a great vantage point and just an overall pleasant experience. T-Wolves got the win. The crowd was up. Uh, see if they can uh, make some noise this year, perhaps. Dare I say. Um, but it was the Rockets. Uh, LaMelo, holy crap. This dude, you know, Anthony, the, Anthony Edwards, the three-point shot looks improved. And then you see LaMelo toss a casual seven in from beyond the arc on just nine attempts. <laughs> Leads his team to a come-from-behind victory against a playoff team in the Pacers. Uh, Lamel is the real deal. What he, he out rebounded Ant, uh, assist barely any turnovers. Lamelo is just sensation. Then he's wearing like this really, really crazy outfit at the end. Lamelo's announcing himself. Ant is starting to announce himself. But again, the whole point, the whole point, I'll take it down to the grave, was you had a chance for one guy, you went with the other, and 
you'll always be linked to that. And we'll kind of see how it goes. An eye for an eye last night as both guys get the win. Both guys look good. One just looked a little bit better. How about that? Um, other news from kind of the first full slate of the NBA. The Bulls squeak by the Pistons without Cade Cunningham. All right. All right. There you go. The road to the playoffs. Road to the playoffs. You put up 94 points. Uh, you know, good. Good. Uh, the Pistons, again, without Cunningham. That was kind of a surprise inactive right before the game. Uh, good Lord. I knew the Raptors were bad. I did not know they were this bad. They lose as a favorite in embarrassing fashion to the Washington Wizards. You'd no longer have Westbrook. It was just Bradley Beal and a bunch of waiters, um, you know, parking attendants from outside. Uh, OG Ananubi, they, these guys played like parking attendants was the Raptors. OG Ananubi, people are saying comeback player of the year, six man player of the year. Uh, three for 17, two for nine from deep. Wow. Uh, Scotty Barnes, their rookie, right? Was that a reach? Uh, five for 13, not great. Fred Van Vliet, oh, he's going to take over when Lowry's gone. Well, he took over for five for 20, one for nine from beyond the arc. Chris Boucher, I like as a player. Uh, he's a great DFS value play because he gets so many blocks and rebounds and he can shoot from deep. Just not yesterday. One for six from beyond the arc. He was just three for 10, uh, which is not great for a six foot 10 guy. Evan Mobley looked good. He was a good value play at uh, Daily Fantasy for the Cavs last night. They lost too, but I, you know, Mobley looked very solid. I thought the defense still shaky, but impressive scoring ability and uh, was just gravitating towards the ball. I thought Mobley looked good. Jalen Suggs did not, um, but it's early. So again, that's kind of just the rookie analysis. We didn't get to see Cunningham, but we got to see the top five guys. Um, and Mobley, I think, shined out of all of them. Uh, Dame didn't look like Damian Lillard. He was fine, but it wasn't you, you expect MVP level numbers, and they lose as what five point favorites to the Sacramento Kings. Kings are fine. Harrison Barnes had a career high, I think, or one of his best games of his career. Um, but his Dame to the 76ers just imminent because you see what's happening now. Harden shows up to the Houston training camp looking like you know a pot belly forces his way to the nets works off the weight Simmons shows up to practice apparently with his phone in his pocket practicing and won't won't go into defensive drills when doc tells him to it's disobeying his coach etc you know acting like hey I'll be here but you're not going to want me to be here I'm going to make such a mess these guys are making messes of their situations because they know they have the power they're going to force their way out as I nearly knocked my water bottle over they're going to force their way out um Dame hasn't done that yet, but he's voiced his opinion a little bit louder than in years past. He gets a bad loss to the Kings. And again, the 76ers, they're not going to get rid of Simmons unless they're getting the guy. And look at the rumors. It went from Simmons for McCollum back when his uh, stock was at its lowest, right? When he was looking terrible on a shell of himself in the playoffs. You let some time sit and all of a sudden the rumors are Simmons for Lillard. Look at that upgrade. So Daryl Morey's keeping his cards tight to his chest wisely, and I think that is probably what's going to happen if, if Portland comes out of the gates 4-10 and 10 or something terrible. Dame's going to start uh, getting a little bit louder, I think. He's not trying to be a part of a rebuild after they just fired Terry Stotts and they got a new coach in there. Um, Zion, the same thing. Dude shows up, you know, looking a little bit beefy. Didn't really enjoy going to New Orleans. Anthony Davis, he saw the blueprint for how AD went from miserable in New Orleans 
to a champion with L.A., and now they're running Hollywood. Keep an eye on what Zion's doing um, over the next couple of seasons as the Pelicans look like a disaster. Um, wasn't that against the Sixers? The Pelicans couldn't even, without Simmons, do anything. They lost by 20. Um, Dame to Philly. Where's Zion going? Because he clearly does not like Nolens. Let's get to our weekly hit with Ricky Larson here. Uh, talking some NFL fantasy news, Jarvis Landry off the IR, Denver, Case Keenum tonight, uh, stinker of a Thursday night football, but a lot to get to in the news and notes for setting your fantasy lineup this weekend. Enjoy. All right, we started with a little uh, opening night look at uh, each NBA team. We've got just three uh, teams left in action tonight to look at. Uh, but it's time for our weekly hit with Ricky Larson of Lucky Shots Media. My first question, do you mess with uh, NBA Daily Fantasy at all? I'm a huge advocate of it, only when it's a full slate, like not like the three games tonight, you know. So uh, I actually haven't really jumped into any other fantasy uh, kind of things besides football. Uh, oh, I put so that. much into fantasy football that uh, – it, it would be too much for my little brain to really, uh, you know, go on beyond that. But overload, right? Something that I maybe, maybe in the future will try. Uh, yeah, certainly. You know, kind of excited for this year. I'm a Bulls fan, and uh, you know, last night looked pretty good. Got got quite a few pieces, so excited to see how that goes this year. One and zero, and they did cover against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but let's start with the news. I'm getting screwed this year because Christian McCaffrey is again out for an extended period. He was supposed to come back, then he was doubtful. Now he's back on the IR. Uh, what's the latest here, and how heartbreaking is that for everyone that took him first overall? You know, uh, I honestly feel a little bad. Uh, we have a kind of family league that we've got, and my brother. He, he did the worst last year, so he ended up getting the first pick. Right. We pretty much bullied him into be, taking Christian McCaffrey. We're like, don't be stupid. Right. McCaffrey first, and, and now he's sitting here with uh, no running backs. Uh, he, he's got Damian Harris and Kenneth Gainwell as his running backs. So <laughs> yeah, he, he's really uh, hurting. But, you know, hopefully uh, before the season when you drafted him, you were smart enough to pick up the handcuff of Chuba Hubbard. Mm -hmm. If not, he was on waivers for quite a bit. You still could have gone and picked him up. You didn't go get him. It's a little tough for you. And now you're, you're kind of scrambling to figure out what to do. Uh, but there's still a few guys sitting out there, you know, last week you had uh, Daryl Williams. Yeah. That's my question. Who are the premier handcuffs you should be getting? If you have a running back, like, you know, your buddy and myself of Gainwell, I've been rocking uh Ramondre Stevenson for uh back-to-back -back weeks. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't jump on Cordero Patterson's bandwagon right away, you missed out on that. Uh, he's, he's a guy that, you know, Mike Davis, you kind of expected to have some sort of season like he did in uh, right. Carolina hasn't really worked out that way. Cordero's taken over there. Uh, Javante Williams is a guy who is probably rostered uh, most leagues, but probably not playing. Uh, so he's somebody that you could try to target low uh, if you have extra pieces that you don't necessarily need. Uh, I don't necessarily like the Broncos offense right now. It's looking pretty shaky, but he's been a bright spot. And I think as the year continues, uh, once you get to those fantasy playoffs, I think he'll be the top guy uh, 
for Denver. And then you got guys like I said, Daryl Williams, uh, even Khalil Herbert, mm-hmm. depending on uh, how David Montgomery is doing right now. He's yeah. also a decent option. He had about 19, 20 points last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's another guy that you could kind of look at as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what's interesting about your Broncos backfield, and we'll get into tonight's game, but um, it's been not necessarily a frustrating shared backfield. You know, they've both been, no one's really kind of booming every week, but they're both kind of consistently putting up double digits. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gordon, he's kind of surprised me. You know, he he came on last year uh, kind of strong at the end of the year, looked all right. Uh, then he had the first game of this this season, had that 70-yard touchdown. You haven't really seen much of him since. I mean, he's he's in there getting carries, but it's much less impressive than what I've seen from Javante, who yeah. literally a few games ago drug three or four guys for like 17 yards. Uh, he's just a lot more impressive. He looks better uh, when he's running the ball. And they kind of go to him for those – touchdown type of runs you know inside the 10 uh but you know if you have either one it's not like the broncos are going out and scoring touchdowns every drive so you just there's not a big separation besides maybe a touchdown for Javante right now certainly um some tough news it's a bye week right now for the bills but dawson knox looks like he's going to be out for an extended period what do we do there if all of a sudden you lose your top tight end I, I don't mean to laugh, but I saw a report yesterday or the day before he had a successful hand surgery. Mm, yeah. uh, I don't I don't know why they needed to use the word successful. It, <laughs> yeah, it went well. You would hope it surgery, well. You know, I would assume it was successful. They wouldn't come out and be like, it was unsuccessful. Botched, botched surgery. He's out. Oh, for he's just got a. No, he's career. just got a scar. <laughs> uh, he's he's one that. You know, you probably jumped on his bandwagon after a few weeks or a couple of weeks of uh, touchdowns. He had, I think, four weeks uh, with a touchdown at least. Now you kind of got to look around. A guy that you talked about uh, on my show, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, Yeah, he's not a bad option. Uh, you know, he's kind of gone into the Logan Thomas area of he's got to absorb that role and – you don't know how long Thomas is going to be out. He's currently on the IR. I believe this is probably his last week of like officially being on the IR and then they'll evaluate him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's somebody to that you don't need to scoff at. He's, yeah. you know, something you can use. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I know he was on uh, waivers because he was out last week. Some people needed to drop him to make things work. Mm-hmm. I ended up picking him up. Uh, and now he's the only guy for Philadelphia. So he's right. a good option. Um, you know, you've it, the tight end position is always hard uh, because you, you just don't know what you're going to get from a lot of those guys. Yeah. Uh, in one league, I'm even having to roll out CJ Uzama, mm-hmm. the Bengals tight end who, you know, he had that one huge week that exactly. No one uh, so maybe. Maybe you go for him. Uh, it's it's a decent matchup against Baltimore, who's 29th against the tight end position. Uh, you have David and Joku. Yeah, you, you, you're just kind of shooting in the dark at a lot of these guys. It's tough. Uh, even Moali Cox, you know, he has been doing something at least. It's better than nothing. Uh, 
Yeah, that's just tough for Knox, though. Yeah, tough for Knox, hopefully, yeah, because he was a little bit of a touchdown machine. I kind of lucked into Mike Gusecki. He was a guy who was obviously a tank last year and then had a real slow start, but it was only a couple weeks, so I take a flyer on him, and now he's you know anchoring my lineup, luckily. Uh, it's not a very good lineup, though, clearly. <laughs> yeah, he was uh he was top five last week you know and, yeah uh it's what you it's what i expected from him going into a season with tua as his starter um mm-hmm. and then those first couple of weeks you were like what's what the hell's on? going on you know gasicki's not not touching the ball not getting a whole lot now he's starting to get into the rhythm of things uh tua's realizing hey this worked last year when i went right. to him so let's keep going to him uh so he's he's a pretty good play regardless of the matchup and this week it's oh, atlanta yeah. who's it's not necessarily Falcons. a great defense so <laughs> yeah certainly uh you know the name by now ricky larson lucky shots media is the place you mentioned your show that is out um again your weekly football show fantasy etc and then we've got our lucky bets uh collab coming out this week too um let's get you out of here with your team. It's the game tonight. Broncos, you get Case Keenum, a little bit of a gift. What are you repping? Von Miller tonight? Yes, uh, your sir. Jersey? Uh, what's know, the... We're on the road. Got to wear the away jersey. Of course. I love it. Um, is it Broncos tonight? Are we Are we missing something? It's got to be them, right? Uh, here's, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Our offense has not been, you know, lighting it up. Teddy Bridgewater is – He's pretty banged up, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I've been having to go at it with people on Twitter uh, saying, you know, why aren't we putting in Drew Locke? Drew Locke is much – a healthy Drew Locke is better Stop than a hurt it. Teddy Bridgewater. No. Did we not watch the Baltimore game? Yeah. When Bridgewater went out with a concussion, in comes Drew Locke, and the offense moves nowhere, just like last season. Drew Locke is not good, people, and no. we've at least seen Teddy move the football, score touchdowns, put us in games. You know, we almost made a comeback against the Steelers. We would not have done that with Drew Locke. Drew Locke would have thrown two interceptions, and we wouldn't have scored two touchdowns to even get back into that game. But, you know, if you look at Cleveland's side of the ball, the the, the offense is gone. They don't have either one of their running backs. <laughs> right. They don't have their quarterback. They probably don't have Odell so you're counting on Case Keenum mm-hmm. and uh to Ernest Johnson yeah Ernest Johnson and then Landry possibly may even be in my last question was Landry off the IR what's the fantasy impact because he does have Keenum right and it's going to be his first game back in a while uh you know I would I wouldn't expect a whole lot but there's a chance that you know without all of these other weapons, you have to turn to Jarvis because he's, you know, probably the best player on the field for this team tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of tough. Uh, the Broncos defense isn't necessarily terrible. Uh, they're pretty, pretty dang good. That offensive line for Cleveland, uh, a couple of them are gone. So, you know, if you look at Jarvis, he's a quick pass type of guy, and that's what Cleveland's going to have to utilize so that Von Miller doesn't go rip Case Keenum's head off every single play. Yeah. Uh, so I think Jarvis honestly could be a dark horse tonight, um, but I guess we'll have to see. 
I'm seeing like a lot of receptions for like three yards. Um, yeah, which I mean, if you're in PPR, ten receptions for take it. thirty yards is still you know <laughs> yeah. 10, 13 points. So. No kidding. Um, all right. Well, good luck to your Broncos tonight, Ricky Larson. Appreciate the insight and analysis each and every week. Check out his stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. See ya.